Welcome to Elemental Collision. My name is Dave Graham. Today I'm joined by Jesse Noller of Humble Fungus, and we're going to talk about mycology and meaning, how we're all connected together. Let's join the conversation. Everyone, I am here with your favorite mycologist, or the mycologist Amateur that you mycologist. are. Amateur mycologist. I'm not trained. Well, okay. Humility aside, humility aside, you're soon to be favorite amateur mycologist, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse Noller of the wonderful Humble Fungus, previously known as The Killing Joke, yep. um, Killing which we joke. will talk about because I'm um, interested in how those two have from Killing Joke to Humble is, yes. uh, is quite the continuum. So we'll get to that in just a moment. But Jesse, uh, thank you for hopping on. I know we've been had a little bit of a pre-brief here, but you know, it's nice to actually virtually meet you at this point. I know we yep, have nice direct messages and Twitter for quite some time, actually through, through COVID and yeah. <laughs> years oh. past, you know, it's a, uh, it's one of those things, but how many years have we lived in COVID? Uh, <laughs> I think we're going on about a millennia at this point. I gotta be honest. I I've lost track of time. Oh. Somebody keeps on going. It's the, it's the uh, 90th or the thousandth of March, you know, 2020. And, I, I oh, God. feel kind of bad about it because, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, it, it's the year that keeps on giving, and I don't yeah. know in a good way. <laughs> Just... Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's start with a little bit about you. So give us the 90 second who is Jesse and oh, what the hell are you second? doing around this place? Oh, my God. So 90 seconds working backwards. Uh, currently, I'm a principal program manager at Microsoft. That's my day job. Uh, I'm currently on leave with that for um, various uh, depression and actually like carpal tunnel issues. So I've been on leave from that for a little bit. But uh, other than that, I, in the tech world, I'm a distributed systems engineer, Linux systems engineer. Uh, my specialty is extremely complex, extremely large distributed systems running Linux. That's my sweet spot. Um, I, that's been my day job for since I was 18, uh, now 40. So uh, <laughs> been a while. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and, and unfortunately, I spent most of that time making other people rich and not myself. So that kind of sucks. But anyways, working backwards, uh, I work for Rackspace on OpenStack, a bunch of open source dev advocate. Also uh, built a product called Karina, which was a really badass container runtime that I miss. Uh, and then um, before that, worked for a lot of tech startups in the distributed system and distributed storage and um, complex, just complex operations space. So um, been around the tech block a bit, but yeah, most recently I've turned into part gardener, part mycologist, part uh uh like maker yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah it's 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 been a fun run and uh i've got two daughters uh 13 and nine and they're the light of my life they're over on the coast uh, unfortunately because of covid i haven't been able to see them since last christmas yeah. that sucks but uh the light of my life um got three dogs there got go. six chickens. The chickens are new. Uh, <laughs> got those back in March. Yep, uh, yep. 
back before I realized COVID was going to be COVID. And now I have chickens and I love them. And there they're glorious. And they try to, I sat outside, tried to have a meal outside last night, like on my patio. Yeah. And they were jumping up on the patio table, trying to take my stuff. And I'm like, this is anarchy. <laughs> So I mean, anyway, some people associate chickens with anarchy. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm thinking yeah, of these games, no. or is that the geese? The geese are well, definitely anarchists. During this entire COVID thing, I was really trying to work on, like, I needed my Antifa army. <laughs> and I figured if I made the chickens little Mad Max battle armor, um, I could have, like, my, my chicken Antifa army, and we could, like, start, like, just mixing some stuff up. But uh, come to find out, chickens... <laughs> Chickens don't like clothes. Uh, uh, no. Anyways, so uh, well, I, I'm, glad that, I'm glad you. I'm glad you tried that, and you know, I don't think I. I don't. Well, you know where that would have ended up. <laughs> you okay, so the story behind that is you browse Reddit, and people are always making little hats and things for the chickens, <laughs> and I can't even get the identification rings on mine. Right? I, it's like you're supposed to put these little rings on their ankles, and yeah. I'm just like. Okay, no, I, I don't feel like I, I dying today. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, the key word there is Reddit. So if you see it on Reddit, you know, you know, you may be going down a, a <laughs> tremulous path. So, so yeah. So other than that, it's like I said, it's been a lot of tech startup, a lot of Twitter, a lot of um, Python, open source community, things like that. It's it's been a fun run. That's good. I mean. I, I certainly have. That's where our initial intersection was. Was definitely in the tech side. Now you you got to explain to me why mycology. I mean, of all the things you could okay. do, and you so can tie this to your local this, community or whatever you yeah, want to. Yeah. So but. this is I, I'm going to have to work backwards because it's sort of the way my brain works. But if if well, let's pause and rewind to say. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, I was working for Rackspace. I was uh, working from home, pretty isolated, super depressed. I was, it was just a tough situation. Um, really super depressed. I wasn't leaving my house. I wasn't, um, I, so basically before COVID was cool, I was living like COVID yeah. down in Texas. And I can honestly tell you that that shit was driving me nuts. Yeah. And so... I mean, think about the isolation we have now and just take that rubric and look at the last decade of my life. And that's basically COVID life has been my life. Wow. Um, and so I'm there in a bad spot. Uh, ended up uh, applying. I really wanted to work for Microsoft. They had some, some of the best Kubernetes people that I knew some of the best systems engineers that I knew, and I really wanted to give it a shot. Moved up to Colorado and um, really, the move to Colorado, the new job and everything else like that kind of hit a, um, it, it hit an intersection in my brain where I kind of started to realize A, how bad I was. And I was, I had fallen into the alcoholism well five years ago after the divorce yeah. right and six seven years ago now after the divorce and um pretty bad alcoholism i was what you would call a high functioning distributed systems alcoholic um meaning it's you know drink as soon as you get home 
wake up the next day, run three miles, go to work, you know. And so uh, here I am. I'm in Colorado. The place is beautiful. It smells like home. It feels like home. It's covered in plants. The people are different, you know. And so I took that moment, got into some new doctors, started working with a therapist, my therapist, my psych, and others really started taking my mental health seriously. And I actually started, I had already very been very open about mental health and very public about my struggles with it. But this was sort of like, okay, so I've given you this much information. Now I'm going to give you this much information. And the reason why is because as I'm sitting back, as I'm sitting there looking at all of this, I realized that the thing that I wanted most of my life was community. And what I mean by community is connection, meaning, meaning, meaning. in other words, uh, when you're working with, uh, when you're going to the doc and you're talking about your feelings and everything, they talk about, um, it's not you know, sex or drugs or hugs or this or that, that you, that you're seeking, Uh, especially as somebody who's had a traumatic childhood and life as I have, Um, you're looking for deep, deep connection and growing up, living all over the place, moving all over the place, living like a nomad most of my life. I've never really had that. And so there I am uh, finally crawling out of depression and alcoholism and some bad medication a really shitty doctor put me on. And I'm crawling all out of that. And I start, I say one day, it's like I'm looking around my house and it's covered in artwork and I've got the dogs and this and that and everything. And it's like, it's filled with bullshit. And, um, I say, you know, I'm really, I'm still sad. I've, I'm working through all of this stuff, but I'm lonely. I start growing plants, okay. right? I actually went down to a nursery and got a couple of orange trees um, for my daughters. It's going to grow those for them. Those died, but that's the story. Um, but uh, started growing houseplants and started, I've always been a bit of a biology and sociology and science geek, right? Like, the natural sciences make sense to me because systems make sense to me. Like if I can understand a problem or a person or a sociological, you know, trend as a complex system, then it just clicks for me. And so plants, I'm like struggling with them. I'm getting, you know, fungus gnats. I'm getting spider mites. I'm building terrariums. All of a sudden I went on a phase where I, and I still have quite a few of them, um, carnivorous plants, right? And so I've got two, three-year-old um, Asian pitcher plants downstairs in my kitchen that keep like, hitting my face. Um, and so I'm growing all of these things and um, I've got greenhouses set up in my house and I'm volunteering at Lafayette Food, uh, Lafayette, uh, the community food share in Lafayette, Colorado, sorry. Um, And I was volunteering there and uh, they said, hey, you know, one of the things that we need for the food bank is this grow row thing. And I say, grow row, what's that mean? Like, well, we'll give you a bunch of seeds. And I'm like, I've got a bunch. And I'm like, if if you need seeds, I'll get you seeds. And I did, I I spent a couple, I spent a couple hundred of my own 
and went to hit up a family member in Amish country sure. and bought it. They're like, well, we need a couple thousand seeds. And I was like, here's several pounds. <laughs> right. And so tens of and thousands. Our, here you go. Yeah. Tens of thousands <laughs> of seeds. And so the volunteers are just like, what? Like, are you going to help start these? And I'm like, no, uh, but, uh, it's, uh, so I'm there at the food bank and then, uh, I say, well, I've got the space. My girls aren't around. Um, you know, this is January, February, March, right in there, uh, super early in the year and, and early December too. And so I, I just go on Craigslist and this is Colorado. So everyone is growing, you know, weed and everything else in their houses. So I sure. bought a shit ton of equipment, dirt cheap. <laughs> And I had tents and tents and tents of plants. I had fungus gnats. I had failures, et cetera. So while all of this is going on, of course, my internet recommendations are changing from tech and everything else like that. And I say, okay, what can I grow inside that I haven't grown inside yet? A buddy of mine um, who's in, you know, the agriculture industry here He's like, dude, I just went to this, you know, I went to this uh, store down in Denver and I got this like little grow kit and it's for mushrooms. And I'm looking at this thing and it's a plastic tub with a box of dirt in it and a mister. And I'm sitting here staring at this and I'm like, okay. And so I go on (laughs) Amazon. So I go on Amazon and this is how things usually start for me. Um, And I'm skipping a large a pretty significant piece in here just to focus on that uh, separately. But next thing I know, I bought a couple of oyster mushroom grow kits off of Amazon and I've got this little plastic tub and I say, okay, well, I'm growing mushrooms. How can I grow more mushrooms? Because I'm an engineer, God damn it. So the next thing you know, I've got three 64 gallon Sterilite tubs. And I have what's called substrate. It's really just sawdust and dirt and everything yeah. all over my freaking kitchen. <laughs> and at one point, I actually had it on my ceiling because one of the things you have to do is sterilize everything and use a pressure cooker. Uh, pressure cookers require you to pay attention. Yeah. yeah a little <laughs> so bit. A little bit. <laughs> if, if the bag is, so you have to use plastic bags in some of this. And so if the plastic bag inside the pressure cooker melts, then you will get a hot stream of stuff coming up and out of anyways. Um, So there I am. Important life lesson there, folks. (laughs) Watch your your pressure cooker. Watch. So there's a reason why I have stopped using it inside and I now use an electric one with auto shut off. Oh, there you go. Anyways. um, So there I am growing these mushrooms and then yeah, it's fast forward and all of a sudden, it, what I realized with fungi is there, it, it touches on, let me pause there. So community, connection, donations, and what I really wanted ultimately growing all of this stuff and growing these mushrooms, growing these vegetables, et cetera, was to give back, but also it's rewarding. Right. It's rewarding in a new, it's rewarding in a way that I've never been able to connect to in my life, which is I'm growing food. I'm growing something significant. I'm growing something that matters. I'm, you know, mushrooms come and go. Like mushrooms are magical. I, 
God I know where you're going with that. Yeah, there are the magical, magical mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> God, that's another story. Anyways, uh, yeah. but Colorado is strange. Anyways, yeah. um, there I am, and it's like fungi are magic, and I'm watching these things colonize, and then I start studying things like you know, mycelial connections in the forest. I start looking at, you know, the significant, you know, my plants are dying. Why are my plants dying? Well, it's because they don't have the mycelial connections that would give them an immune system in the wild. So, you know, what I do is I take a little bit of the mushroom, the oyster mushroom substrate that I've got and it's growing and everything. And I put it in my house plants, right? And my house plants suddenly start going like gangbusters. Wow. And I'm sitting here and the scientist in me, you know, that little boy who's sitting there staring, like staring at dirt and wondering what dirt's made out of and staring at chickens and wondering what chickens think, right? That little boy is sitting there going, holy cow, yeah. these things appear overnight. They require nothing, right? You, you, you make the substrate, it's at a certain moisture, and then it's just going to push out mushrooms, yeah. right? Yeah. It, they're magic. And they're tied to everything. And if you fast forward to like climate change and the things that are looking that we're staring down, you know, lack of food crops, yeah. mushrooms have exponential expansion. Every stage in fungal development is an exponential expansion point, right? So I can take one spore and I can make a million more. I can take one agar plate, and I say agar because I've learned it reading. None of you science people say ogre up you. <laughs> anyways, anyways, so uh, salty. And, but you can take, I can take one agar plate. And so I make my mushroom spawn, basically baby mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, I make them in one quart jars. And that four, it's, if I slice that agar plate up the way that I usually do, I can turn that agar plate into four quarts of mushroom spawn. I can turn that four quarts into a hundred quarts of mushroom spawn. I can turn that, hey, it's like each step of the way you can do um, one to two, one to three, one to four, one to five expansion. And so from a food crop standpoint, it's extremely efficient. It's vegetarian, it's vegan. It grows on waste products. Like I'm using straw, I'm using sawdust, right? And so, just from a pure science standpoint, and then also the ecological standpoint, sure. right? It's the rise of the temperature that we see with uh, global warming. You know, it's it's causing a lot of these fungi and a lot of the trees that rely off of these fungi. Uh, you know, it's it's causing them not to be able to make these mycelial relationships. And so what we see is we see tree death because of disease, beetles, et cetera, where the trees would have been able to fight that off mm. if they had had the mycorrhizal relationship with the fungi that they needed. Yeah. The fungi die off, right? And the fungi are basically what keeps us from being as deep and detritus, right? Yeah. They uh, consume the lignin inside of tree cells, et cetera. Um, and and so why it's all about that connection and mycelia it, what i realized is like my urge for connection tied so much to this mycelial connection of fungi like reaching out and connecting and trying to trying to do a good 
passive thing. And that's, that rings well to me. Yeah. I mean, you're, I, I mean, for lack of a better way of putting it, you're anthropomorphizing, Yeah, you know, mushrooms or fungi into your, your common human experience. And that's, that's a beautiful way or, of doing but it. What if, what if, and so this is the interesting thing because fungi predate us. We actually share more RNA with fungi than we do with plants. Oh, there you go. So, so that's why fungi are in their own kingdom. So if we are more closely related to fungi than, than we are to plants and animals, or uh, plants specifically, if animals are more mammals, are more related to fungi than plants, then that sort of begs the question of, is it anthropomorphic? Am I, am I applying our rubric onto the fungi or am I just saying, oh wait, the fungi is the rubric we already inherently instinctually developed. Yeah. I, <laughs> there's the, the great existential debate of, I mean, yeah, exactly. Throw my hands up and go, hey, you know what? I'm not smart enough this time of day to even even count. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, uh, you're talking to the man on this first cup of coffee. <laughs> I'm like two or three in at this point. So I love how you're uh, going all the way back. You know, uh, forget, I think it was Frankel talked about man's search for meaning. You know, what we look for, you know, when, as you tie that to community, I think, you know, similar paths, I'm divorced as well. I went through my, <laughs> my journey with that too. And a lot of that was finding meaning, finding connection, you know, who I am as a person, yep. you know, and connecting that into what's around me, who's around me, how do I relate to those or how do I not relate to those? And it's still a struggle. How do you live day. in the moment? Yeah, well, right. It, precisely. You know, if I <laughs> lick my finger, stick it up in the air, I'm gonna go. Okay, which way is the wind blowing? <laughs> you know, like, am I gonna allow what? myself to be carried by that? Or yeah, am it's I living in the moment, staring at the wall. Like, what's? Yeah, it's. We all have it, our things. <laughs> you know? it, it's hard, and then and then I think the, um, you know, if you if you imagine my life as you know as the the Earth and just the sphere spinning in space. The atom uh, or the comet that hit it was getting diagnosed with pretty severe ADHD um, now going on a year and a half ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, it's, it's, I kind of view it as like the before time and then the after time, right? Yeah. Getting the diagnosis was unemotional. It was sort of the bullshit, whatever. I don't think so. Etc. And then I start talking to like family and friends. They're like, "Yeah, we thought you were being treated for this for decades, dude. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean your parents didn't do anything? What do you mean the doctors never gave you anything?" I'm like, "Oh my god!" So I get on medication, I get treatment, go through a lot of therapy, and all of a sudden, you know, my superpower is now all of a sudden I've got emotional control. I've got emotional regulation when I. Not all the time. It's it, <laughs> it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, it, it's like there are good days and bad, but being going from the inability to like really dig in and care about things and really you know connect, etc., and going from that to all of a sudden you know being able to smile again, being able to mm -hmm. focus, you know, having good days and bad, but being able to see the bad for what they are. Yeah. Right. And so I took that ADHD and it's like, um, there's a great book. It's, I think it's called organizing solutions for people with ADHD. Hmm. And one of the chapters on it, it's 
it actually talks about, you know, the ADHD addiction cycle. And because people with severe ADHD, we go through addiction cycles. We go through hot and cold. We hyper obsess. Yeah. Like I could, I, I could very easily fall in a well where I just mentally obsess about that dry erase marker until the, until the point I'm suicidal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, that kind of going from that to all of a sudden being like, you know, I can smile. I can live in the moment. I can not hyper obsess on things or, you know, as the book says, I can take that obsession and direct it at something. Yeah. And so uh, about six, not six months ago, back in March, April, May, so right around May, June, or I want to say June is when I went on leave. That's when I kind of, I don't remember where I was, but the thought hit me of, hey, things suck. And things suck for reasons completely beyond my control. You know, tech tech is problematic. You know, we want to change the world, but we keep making it worse, right? We keep marginalizing, minimizing. We keep, you know, giving Nazis platforms. And, you know, no matter what we do, like tech seems to be two things, selling infrastructure to capitalists and throwing gas on a fire. And so it's like, at the end of the day, I'm sitting there and it's like, does any of this really matter? And how can I channel, you know, I've lived my life to work like that. Every part of my life before I got my ADHD and my depression and everything else treated, the only reason I got up in the morning was to work. Like that was like, I could drink myself to sleep, get up the next day and go to work because that's what the world was. And now the work. Yeah. Yep. And now now it's like I can go and I can grow food and vegetables. I can give things to people who need it. I can, you know, I can connect with all this. And then I can also apply my tech knowledge, yeah. right? I can, I can say, hey, one of the funny things about fungi is that they grow fast and they die fast. So if you fail, you know, plants take a while. Yeah. Like just straight up vegetables will wait months before they just up and croak right <laughs> a mushroom's like uh, the fungus is like okay we're good we're good we're good but we're done yeah we're just, exactly i'm not ha- it's not happening but it also requires a lot of patience and so it's this nice balance between i can a b test a formula for a yeah. substrate yeah. which i'm going to do later today and i can a b test agar plate mixtures or cultures but then I can also apply things like, oh, look, I need to do data analysis at scale. Well, I can throw up big table or something else like that, right? Right, right, right. Um, and so that does give me a bit of an advantage with this. And so when that epiphany hit of, I need to connect what I do and I need to accept that about myself. In other words, I have to be able to emotionally connect and it has to be something that isn't going to do me wrong right it's it's always that thing of if i'm going to trust you and i'm going to open up to you you can't you can't stab me in the back bro right don't do me dirty (laughs) don't don't do me wrong and so that's where it's at now it's at the point of you know start this business go help people 
do this stuff because it's rewarding, it's needed. And even if I put myself in, I have blew all my savings doing all of this. uh, It's like, even if I put myself at risk, it's still worth it. Yeah. Fulfillment. Right. And and, and that's, and, and that's the great thing. It's like, I, if I wanted to today, I could go and drive a pile of mushrooms down to the food bank. And load them up onto somebody's car. And I mean, imagine being, and I said this, uh, I was interviewed by NPR and I said, this, like, imagine, because Im- <laughs> we, I, I've been there at least, um, imagine going to a food bank or, and, you know, it's a place where you typically get, you can get greens during the summer and during growing season, but usually they, they're on the edge, right? Yeah. They're not going to be the best. Um, it's been a lot of canned foods, a lot of frozen foods. And trust me, it's like, Community Food Share down Louisville, and they do God's work and they do so much and they get some of the best food that they can. Yeah. Um, but imagine being one of those people and they don't ask questions, right? The food bank doesn't ask questions. They don't ask who you are, right? You could be our Senator Cory Gardner, you know, showing up and they wouldn't, they wouldn't say a word. Yeah. Imagine being one of those people and then going home and opening up like half a pound of oyster mushrooms, right? Fresh oyster mushrooms. It's like, yeah. I know not everyone loves mushrooms, and I know a lot of people don't know how to cook them, don't know how to eat them. But still, at the end of the day, it's like if you're a mom or a dad and you're sitting there and trying to make soup or something else like that, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to use what, you know, the gifts that you've been given, right? You know, the skills yeah. and abilities, like you're saying, you know, you, you're engaging your technical brain, of course, but you're also doing something that's, you know, that both from your own personal journey, you know, having been there and done that, you're giving it back to the people that need it the most, regardless of yeah. the, regardless of the actual item that's going there, right? Yeah, I mean, like individual, you're saying. It's an individual redistribu- redistribution of wealth. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's it's basically yeah. the middle finger in the face of capitalism to begin with, right? It's using yeah. the using the infrastructure, because we like to use that word, but it's using the infrastructure for doing good as opposed Realizing to Realizing that all of that's a lie too. Like coming to grips with that over the past year has been awful. Yeah. Like realizing that capitalism is just this weird fever dream to keep people in place and keep the boot on their neck. I'm like, yeah. y'all, you need to go back to the French Revolution. Because the entire conservative philosophy is predicated. Never mind. Like, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> there's a there's a lot of feet being on necks, if you will. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, like, it, it, it's like, and, and that's sort of like the problem. Of, uh, of, I've done a, lot, a fair amount of classical uh, schooling, like sociology and anthropology and everything. Sure. And just looking around, you're just like, oh god. Well, you know, history has <laughs> doomed to repeat itself multiple times. If I, if I may be so bold, but so let's let's actually talk a little bit about the humble fungus, right? So it started as you know, you want to explain a little bit about the Killing Joke name. Because so, so what it is is that was intriguing I, to me. <laughs> I I do not do things in order, right? It's sort of an ADHD thing where I will try something and fail at it in a much shorter time scale than most other people. Sure, and so. The Killing Joke, uh, really, it's the Killing Joke is a couple of things, and you know, 
people know it from the band. They know it from the comic book. It's a Batman comic book where it's, it's really dark. And, you know, for me, The Killing Joke is actually sort of a personal, cynical view of the world, right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of a, la- it's sort of a la- last laugh. And so what I said was I wanted a business and I picked a cool name. And that's it. I mean, that's about as far as I, you know, thought. And I, it's like, I could do really great uh, iconography. I could do, pick up like really great fonts, do a simple design. People won't mind it that much. Then I launch, then I start getting some feedback. And it's, it was really polite. A lot of people, believe it or not, and this thing, and this actually bugged me. A lot of people were afraid to tell me that it bugged them. And that, that hurt. Um, but at the same time, I just simply understood it and I accepted it. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, let's go down the idea, name ideas. And I sat there for weeks racking yeah. my brain and going through permutations and trying to find the domain name. And yeah. because yeah. fungi and tech and mushrooms and everything all have this weird overlap, there's a lot of the domain names are just take. Right. And they're all squatted, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, fine. Finally, it's, I started, I started going around and I said, okay, you know, you could have pick an abstract name. I want something with fungi or mushrooms in it. I want the domain name. And then I'm like, and I want kindness, right? Killing joke was just fun, right? It was just supposed to be fun, but I want to get across the fact that I want to get these grow kits in with kids in schools. I want them to be able to see and learn and firsthand witness like this magical process of these mushrooms growing. And I really want chefs to be able to like have this in their restaurant sitting there growing. And I want, you know, other mushroom producers. It's like the list goes on. And in order to do that, I realized it's like, I have to be accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And accessibility is a key thing. And it, you may not think that a name can have accessibility, but it can, yeah. right? If you name something and welcome to 2020, if you name it Whitey Whitey McWhitey or Whiterkins, right? I mean, it says pretty much what it says on the tin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're predisposed but, at a certain point to the inevitable. And so <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you're somebody who has a history of depression or suicide or something else like that, and you see Killing Joke, it's going to trigger you. And it's like, I didn't think of these things. And it part, partly it was, I needed to launch, right? I yeah. needed, I needed something and you've got to be willing to like destroy it. And I think that that's one of the things that has helped me for better or for worse is through this entire process, growing mushrooms, you know, going from not understanding really fungi last December to now having a business, I have failed a lot. I have, I have had contamination. I have had, I've had issues where I've had to break everything down, clean it and throw it out. You know, I've had, I've had days where I wanted to light everything on fire and burn it to the ground. Um, and you know, I spent tons of money failing and I've spent tons of time failing, but at the same time, I'm okay with that. Right. And it's like, I can view the name as a failure or I can view it as, okay, well, I now have a data set. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, yeah it's something you reference point against. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I now have a data set. I now understand it. it's like the humble fungus plays a lot better. It's a lot more accessible, yeah. and it's a lot more connected to me, yeah. right? And it feels it feels better when I say that, when I say that name, and it people respond well to it, and that's ultimately what I wanted, right? I wanted people to be able to connect and see this magic and be able to explore it. And by just changing the name and the brand, if I can make that better than i'm gonna do it you're you're exemplifying the exact name of of your business right it takes a lot to be able to be humble enough to admit that some things are mistakes you know like it's Uh, generally speaking i assume i'm the one that's wrong in the room (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm like okay yeah i'm just saying maybe it's on fire yeah maybe maybe just a little bit tiny bit smoking at least (laughs) But at least you got, I mean, a lot of people can, uh, you know, especially in the, in the space of, you know, starting your own business, right. There's a level of hubris, a little a level of, uh, it's called pride. And you know, it's at times arrogance yeah. that, Hey, Hey, this is me. I mean, I have my elemental collision thing right behind me. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, that was probably similar to you is eh, I, I think this is pretty good. I, I like the idea yeah. of things colliding together and yeah. coming up with it, but you know, it, it's approaching that stuff in humility in the same way that you've, you've, uh, your story through this entire conversation has been a lot of what you're talking about is that foundation of humility. It's understanding that we're, you're, you're fallible. I'm fallible. We all are fallible in ways that we can't even understand at this point. We're all Our bodies, broken in yep. weird ways. And oh, you're going to make me get out the, uh, oh, I got it. <laughs> you're going to make me get out the mosaic because I always talk oh, about yeah. mosaics, you know, like this is, this is, this, this exemplifies. Yeah, it's actually better in the sand. It exemplifies it, right? This picture is formed by bits and pieces of broken glass, you know, well, and it's funny it can't be any separate from that. One of the things that I've studied too is, um, you know, psychology and ego death and things like that. And when you, it, it's funny because once you, if you take the human brain and you look at it evolutionary, uh, evolutionarily, the last thing that formed was our ego, like the part of the brain down here that holds your ego, your sense of individuality and self, yeah. right? And this is why, you know, psilocybin, other magic mushrooms, LSD, and other drugs like that have been used to treat PTSD, severe depression, and things like that, right? Because what happens is that we as humans have our ego, our sense of self, our sense of this is the reality, this is my place in it. And if you have a very strong ego narrative, apparently, um, it's if you have that really strong ego narrative and then all of a sudden you have that ego stripped away, that's why people have psychotic breaks when they're doing drugs like that. And the re- it's fundamentally because we, as as we've evolved, you know, we talk about narcissism a lot in our society. Narcissism is just a different word for a really overbuilt sense of ego. Yeah, egocentricity. Right? Egocentricity, yeah. and so it's from a humility and everything else, it, like tying tying this all together. It's like you look at the ego, and I don't know. It's it seems to be the root of so many of our issues and problems. Yeah. And it's not just 2020, it goes back even further than that. It's like that ego, that fragility, that inability to take, you know, 
a single ding against that ego armor of yours. And then all of a sudden it's like Urgot, right? Urgot is where LSD came from, right? And it's a fungus that grows on wheat. Imagine being, you know, and they they suspect the Salem Salem witch trials may have actually been caused by Urgot poisoning. And the reason why is because imagine being somebody like your typical male back then who's you know walking around he's got his gun oh, man, yeah. man, women stand in the kitchen blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and all of a sudden you eat a bunch of tainted meat and your ego vanishes and you start tripping balls right yeah you're gonna think that your wife probably is casting spells on you right yeah. because all of a sudden it's like your sense of self is gone you were floating weightless in the world yeah. right and it's like thinking about that and thinking about like that fine line between what we construct and the reality it's like if you take the ego away your brain isn't working together like your mosaic right your mosaic is a bunch of individual shards and pieces and that's if you take the ego out that's exactly what your brain is your brain's a liar your eyes are lying to to you your sense of smell is lying to you your ears are lying to you it's like take the ego out of play and this is what they discovered you know in clinical trials etc all of a sudden you're left with just conflicting information. That's what those hallucinations are. They are, they are your body's inability to process the input coming in. Yeah. Right. And so you're right. It's like in reality, we're not one piece, right? We're just tiny little fractures and fractures and fractures. It's sort of like a fungus. A fungus is comprised of billions of hypha individual hypha that knit together to create a mushroom that mushroom that you see that supposedly solid object is literally stitched together with tiny 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 hollow filaments wow gives me new appreciation for it yeah it's it's insane it's just it's (laughs) it's nuts you're looking at this thing and you're like okay this fungus is the size of my head and it's literally made of monofilament yeah i don't know jess you've been blowing my mind all morning so far so in the last couple of minutes that we have here if there is a mission statement for jesse and the humble fungus what is it distill it down to me in in the simplest terms as possible because i want to bring i want to bring mushrooms to the masses Mushrooms I want if you haven't had if you haven't had mushrooms if you haven't tried in eating mushrooms or medicinal mushrooms or you know shiitake or anything else like that I want you to try it if you haven't tried growing them try it if you haven't tried planting them in your garden to help your plants I just want you to try it like even if you don't love it just give it a try because it is cool as hell <laughs> I don't think I could say that even better. <laughs> that's, 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 that's it. That's it. So, that's, that's a I see that. I, I, that's I the, wish uh, I could put that on my business card. It's like just cool as hell. <laughs> I mean, you could. That might be another one of those little life lessons, though. Something about market permanence <laughs> yeah. and whatever. <laughs> so, thank you so much, Jesse. I, I've appreciated this immensely. I mean, your humble. Like I'll repeat it back. I mean, your humbleness, your approach to life, your approach to taking something as humble as fungus and playing with your headset at the same time, taking something as a pro, you know, simple as a fungus and, and turning that into a, a truly a life lesson for all of us, I think is, is hugely important. And, you know, I wish you luck. I'm going to, I'm going to order my own kit 
because I think that's pretty awesome. I, I actually like mushrooms. I like eating them. They are mm. to me amazing. So I'm going to give it a shot. I urge everybody else that's listening to this to give it a shot too. And we'll make sure they all know about you. Awesome. Thank you. And I appreciate it. It's great talking to you. And yeah, likewise, I man. appreciate it too. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to other conversations about stuff as well in, in the future. So oh, until then. <laughs> we can ramble for days. Yeah, I, I, I can tell. I can tell. There's a lot of passion tied up in that. Oh, yeah. so I will let you go on that one. Thanks. Right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Elemental Collision. If you'd like to know more, please go to ElementalCollision.com. If you'd like to support our show, please go to Patreon.com slash Elemental Collision. Thanks for listening.